Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silver Birch Ranch in the north woods of Wisconsin. You know, it's it's been a mild fall. We love it. The leaves it have is. slowly changed. It's beautiful. If you've never been up to Wisconsin in the fall, I must say it is a beautiful place. And obviously for those listening that live here, I hope you appreciate it because I just met some Texans last week and I was giving them a tour. And every time I would turn around, they're just staring up at the trees. I'm like, why do you guys keep staring up the trees? They're like, we don't have trees like this. Oh, man. And they're like, we don't see color like this. It just goes from green to They nothing. should be back to this week. So, yeah, they came a week early, but yeah. that's okay. They still they still saw it, but I was just stunned. I'm like, you, you, you don't – yeah. trees. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was out yesterday clearing the ski trails, making sure any logs that fell on them were cleared off. And I thought, you know – this is tough work having to absorb all this beauty while I'm out. In the, yeah, I, absolutely gorgeous. It was wonderful to be out in the woods looking at what God has done out there and to clear things up. It was so nice out and so quiet and so fall-like that uh, I had a young man with me. And I, I knew of a spot out there that there's a, a lake by us called Rose Lake. And I know where the some of the streams are that feed it. It comes right out of the ground and feeds the lake. Yeah. So I said, hey, you want to see where it's fed? Because it's right down in that valley there. Yeah. Oh, all right. So I took him down there, and I said, look at that. And he didn't know, too. I was looking for wild cranberries. I wanted to know if they grew over there. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't see any. It's too wet there for that. But um, it was kind of fun to be a part of that. And I went. I did go wild cranberry picking for the first time ever in my life. I'm, I'm really? into this wild berry thing. If I can find them, I want to pick them. Did you find any? Yes. Did you find yep. a lot of them? Or yes, just I yeah. picked uh, maybe a gallon oh, of wow. them. Oh, wow. Did you leave any? Yeah, there, there, there's other people there, but I'd be glad to take you there if oh. you want to go and see it. Yeah. Um, the experience is worth it. I, I've never walked on a cranberry bog before, a wild one. I don't think I've ever seen a wild cranberry bog. Oh, I'm telling you, it's freaky. First of all, I didn't see any berries because the, the moss it's on is red. Oh. And, and the berries are red. I didn't know that. Well, this one is. I don't know if all of them are. You know, I mean, this is my first experience ever, so is this how every one of them is? Yeah. And then I'm thinking, I am walking on water on very thick um, moss hmm. that's red. When I first got there, I said, the guy that brought me, I said, where are the cranberries? He goes, right there. They blended in so well huh. that I didn't even see them. Yeah. So it was like, and and then I kept walking through looking for him, and he kept saying, "In your footprints, I'm picking all kinds of berries." Interesting. And I thought, oh boy, I got to train my eyes better than this. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I think I think those things when you can pause and enjoy what God does, mm-hmm. you can just pause and enjoy it. Yeah. What a thrill. Yeah. What absolutely. an absolute thrill to see. So this year, I've been able to harvest wild raspberries, wild blackberries wild blueberries and now cranberries there you go and i think i know where there's a wild plum tree really so i want to go get those and i do know where there's some i don't think they're wild but they're growing wild apple trees just wait till you get into the mushrooms i'm not getting into them (laughs) i know you know that's the kind of weird thing so not wild anything just wild well i would like to actually get into wild mushrooms but but you know, you make one mistake with a mushroom. This is true. I you don't make mistakes with cranberries. They're pretty obvious. You don't. 
course, there is one other berry, the, the choke cherry, that yeah. I'd like to get, and that's abundant. But my mom, I can't get over the fact that my mom told me you got to cook them first or you'll die. And I met one of our interns up here who said, no, you, we eat them all the time. You can do it. Just don't eat the seeds. Huh. And so she said, well, bring me a bunch and I'll eat them. And I said, okay, but if you die, I, you can't blame me. I, I want to get you, go ahead and eat them. Yeah. And I'll see if you die. And if you don't die, then I'll go buy, pick well, them. Well, that was very encouraging of you. Uh, I know. And of course, she just looks at me like, you're such an idiot. I mean, <laughs> well, in reality, I wasn't saying I wanted her to die. She was confident that you could eat those and just not eat the seeds. Yeah. Any, like if you're children with me and we're picking berries. Um, at that age, and anyone who's not, I mean, even anyone who's listening, don't go picking berries without knowing what they are. I would concur. Yeah. And just like me and mushrooms. Don't go eating anything you don't know what it no, is. No. No. These things could be very harmful to you. But if you're with somebody who actually knows. And like knows knows, not yeah. just pretends to know. Yeah. Dave sometimes pretends to know. I do. However, not in this area. But I wouldn't not in do this it. Case. No, right. I wouldn't do it here. Because it, like mushrooms, I would never take you out and. You know, the only ones That's would right. be those long cone-like ones. Yep. Um, whatever they are. I, I know those are edible, so I'll yep. take those. And those are really weird shape compared to every other one. Hmm. Uh, I would eat one, though, from people who know what they're doing and bring them to me. Hmm. So I, I've done that. They yeah. come and say, look at these. And they'll, you know, have you ever had chaga? Chaga tea? Yeah. I have. Yeah, so that's from a birch tree. That's com That's kind of weird. Yeah. Don't they often mix that with a mushroom, too? They do. Well, I think chaga is a form of mushroom. I That's think what it, I thought. Yeah, I think chaga actually is um, a fungus of a, some sort. A fungi? Yeah, I think so. Huh. Uh, and it grows on birch trees. So I know you, a fungi. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm bumped. Yeah, <laughs> me too. was your type of joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, real, you're starting to rub off yeah, on me, Dave. You're a fungi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can take that We're, both yeah. ways. I'm either fun or I'm a fungus that you just want to get rid of. Yeah, no, you well, whatever. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. You've yep. got three young boys. I do. And the Bible in Proverbs 22, 6 says to train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Uh, what does that actually mean? Um, You know, it, it's trying to train them up so that they follow after God. Yeah. You know. You know, I, I think it, this is one of those verses that when you read it, it, it makes sense in English because it is easy to understand yeah when you look at it, it as an educator when i look at it, i go you know it's your job you and your dear wife need to train your children mm -hmm. that's the first thing you see this isn't anybody else's responsibility you right. need to so you're thinking all the time i need to train them mm -hmm. but train them how mm -hmm. that's the question right what's really shown here is the difficult time a child will have to change what they've grown up learning and yeah. doing. So you need to be very careful when they're young to train them in the way that you want them to be when they get older. Yeah. Because it's really going to be hard for them to depart from however you train them. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, my wife and I obviously are, have lived up here in the Northwoods for a long time. We didn't grow up here. We grew up in Chicago. But growing up in Chicago, the standard for me was to get away from Chicago. Yeah. To get away from there and enjoy the Northwoods of Wisconsin. That's the place you enjoyed. Mm -hmm. You lived in Chicago. Yeah. 
you worked in Chicago, but you got away from there if you wanted to enjoy life. Yeah. Okay, now that's my mentality growing up. So as soon as I could, I moved to northern Wisconsin. Yeah. And to this day, my wife and I are very bad vacationers. Yeah. Because both of us, when we were younger, got away from Chicago to places like this to enjoy places like this. Mm -hmm. So now we just enjoy this place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like... We spend money and go out of the places, but we tend to go to the places that kind of look like this. Mm -hmm. It's like, why don't we just stay home? We would have saved a lot of money. We did the same thing. We, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, now, except for skiing in a mountain or something, you know, we can ski in this area, but it's not very mountainous. No, it's not very mountainous. No. But it, uh, apart from that, it's like, you know, we can just stay in this area. I think that comes back from training up a child. Think about it. Uh, a family that is always demonstrating that they can't be satisfied where they're living. Yeah. How do their kids grow up? Never being satisfied with where they're living. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter where they go when they get older, they're never satisfied with where they're living. They always have to find pleasure somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not going against vacations or anything. It, I think, um, I think when I was younger, I realized that I never wanted to portray a vacation to our kids as something we needed to do. Mm. It was something we wanted to do. Right. And, and that way, it was never, because I don't know if you've ever had people come to you and say, oh, we need a vacation so bad. It's like, okay, so there's something in your daily routine that mm -hmm. is beating you. Yeah. Is there anything wrong with teaching a child that they should enjoy every day? Yeah. You want to go on a vacation, go ahead. Mm -hmm. But do it because you want to. Right. Not because you need to. Mm -hmm. And I've had more people look at me like, that is the weirdest advice. You go on vacations because you need to get away. And I thought, no, when I go on a vacation, I actually rest before I go. Yeah. I, otherwise, you sp you, you're five days, you spend three of it sleeping. Right. You miss three days of your vacation. So why don't you just enjoy life today and teach your kids that? whatever it is, and then when you go on vacation, yeah, you can look forward to it and be excited about it because you're going just because you want to and you want to be together in a different environment. What, what I'm trying to point out is I think when you, you do things within a family, it's really important for someone your age with the kids that you have at your age that they see why you're doing it because they're developing into who they are and they aren't going to change when they get older yeah. in that. So there's a healthy way to go on vacation, mm -hmm. and there's not a healthy way. Um, some people borrow money to go on vacations. Yeah. I, my parents would never do that. Yeah, I would never do that. So, you know, I didn't grow up. I, until this day, I would think if you don't have the money to go on a vacation, don't go on one. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, anyway, that kind of thing. But if I go through that verse, it says, train up a child the way he should go, and uh that means that there's a way a kid should go. Have you noticed personality differences with your kids yet? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're all very unique, each of them. And, and what's fun about that is you get to look at God and say, God, you made these boys in a different way. Mm -hmm. Help me mold them in that way. Yeah. Even though I don't understand that way. Mm -hmm. Help me have the wisdom to help them develop that way. Right. You know, I mean, um, I have a daughter who's in social work and a daughter who's a fourth grade teacher. 
And it's interesting to see their gifts and talents mm-hmm. and how God's using them in their lives. I'm, I am one of them. My older daughter reminds me very much of my mother. Hmm. She has the personality that my mom had. Yeah. Uh, she will cook up everything for you. My mom used to love doing that. And she's got this personality like that where she just wants to make you a cookie and give it to you. You know, yeah. my mom did that all the time. And, and it was fun to be around her in that sense, but, but obviously um, you never knew what was coming out of the kitchen, though, because she was putting something together that was brand new that she never even tried before, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But it was for you, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. like, it was a privilege, but you never knew what it was, actually. Yeah. And uh, it's funny to see, some people could say that's not gift, but it is. Mm-hmm. What you do is you Find these places. So for you and your kids to find places where their personalities can thrive. You know, if they're if they're into music, if they're into art, if they're into sports, if if they're into reading, if they're you know, if they're introverted or extroverted, you start looking for ways to minimize whatever the the issues are in their life and mac- uh, that are less desirable and maximize the good stuff. And um, and even talk about it. I I don't think that parents a lot of times talk about your personality. You really are gifted in these areas, but any giftedness has weaknesses. Mm-hmm. These are the things you'll always need help with. Yeah. I don't know how many parents have ever said that to their kids because it's like they're demeaning them or something. Mm. But you're not. Right. No. So you tell them, you know what? Here's what you're really good at. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many young kids I've talked to, and if I'm with them for a while, I'll pull them to the side and say, you know what, you're a follower to extreme. Mm-hmm. I've watched you. If this guy comes, you follow him. This person comes, you abandon that one, follow that one. I said, that could be a very good gift. You you follow God and you follow the right people. That could be a gift. Mm-hmm. It could also destroy you. Yeah, if you follow the wrong person. Yeah. yeah. So somehow I feel compelled to educate them on it. It's like, mm-hmm. don't change it but realize the strength and the weakness of it. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you if you, I'm, I'm around you. I'll say, not that one. Don't follow that one. Mm-hmm. And you'll know right away, oh, you're not cutting me down. Yeah, You're saying I am a very good follower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, And I got to watch it. So all of a sudden, you've made it a positive thing even when you make it negative to them. Yeah. Because you're saying, mm-mm, not the, mm-mm. don't do that. Right. Why? Because I'm watching it. And I'm not you. And that's not a good one. Um, I don't know how many parents think about that. Like when you look at your boys, I mean, I I don't know if you think about, I really just need to maximize who they are, minimize who they're not, minimize their weaknesses within who they are, and let them know what they are so they're not surprised by them. Mm -hmm. You know, don't know how that works sometimes. Yeah, and for me, they're, they're, they're still in the stage of figuring out their personalities too. Oh, they are. (laughs) <laughs> You'll figure them out before they will. Right, right. I mean, you can see certain t- trends in, yeah. in them, and then you start to work on it. Um, the, in this verse, child actually means from infancy. That That's a word that was used from infancy to adolescence. Mm-hmm. Back. So there, years ago, there used to be a time where children became adults, and it was pretty early. You know, this is talking about before they get to that stage where they're on their own. Right. Um, I'm not 100% sure now how I would define adolescence anymore. I'm not sure. Yeah. 
because it's that period in life where you're kind of in limbo. Mm-hmm. You're not really able to work yet. You're not able to take care of yourself yet, but you're old enough to make really dumb decisions that could hurt you the rest of your life. Yeah. And it used to be that people 13 years old were out of that. They, they were into more responsible behavior. Mm-hmm. Today, I read somewhere that adolescence could be extending all the way to 30 years old. That's crazy. Well, look at the people that are still dependent. Right. When I think that, and that, that goes back to even like on the parent side of things, it takes intentionality. You know, I mean, I bet you some of those, and this is me guessing. So I, if, if this is your case, I apologize for offending you, yeah. but you know, maybe it goes back to the parents enabling them and, and, and creating the, the atmosphere where rather than encouraging your son or daughter to, to step out and grow, you're kind of coddling them. And so they're dependent on you. Right. You know, you do everything around their needs, meeting their needs that to them, it's like, well, why would I do anything different when I got everything I need right here? Right. You know, um, and, and obviously I'm not at, at the stage of having to begin to let go of my boys yet. Um, and so I can imagine that being a difficult transition in your relationship with them. But I even think back to, to even me growing up. And it was that opportunity that allowed me to, to learn to grow and even spread my wings. Yeah. You know, probably more than my parents wanted to because I ended up moving the furthest away to go to school. Yeah. And then from there, I even moved 3,000 miles away to a different country for several years, you know. And yep. so... Um, and obviously that could be part of it and you might not, you know, obviously choose that you might want your kids close, but at the same time, as the, as the verse said in Proverbs, you know, we're, we're to train them up in the way that they should go. And, you know, there's nothing that I want more for my boys than for them to follow God, wherever God wants them to be, you know, even if it's far away from me, you know, I'd rather them be close to God and far away from me than close to me and far away from God. Absolutely, and that's well said. You know, I think one of the things that's really hard for us to understand as I look back on parenting years is how self-centered we as parents really are. Yeah. We really make it about us. So we want them to have a job around us Mm -hmm. because we want to, you know, if they get married, their grandkids, we we want to make it easy for us. Right. And it's like, what happens if we really want to launch them mm-hmm. and allow them? I, my daughter, one of my daughters, did the same thing. She went to Honduras for two years right after college. Yeah. You know, it's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing that for? You're almost a six-foot blonde girl going to Honduras. You're not going to fit in. Yeah. You know, she did great. I look retrospectively now. She works in a Hispanic community, loves that community, and God just used that to develop her. Yeah. So... In order for me to really be a parent who would encourage her to be on the, you know, the, the, when the verse says, train them in the way they should go, the way means the road. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean the destination. Right. It, and, and really, it could be translated road. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is put them on the road and, and make sure there's, they don't get off of it. Yeah. And the road is going somewhere. Where is it going? Mm-hmm. Well, my daughter, when she came after you know her senior year in college, and said, "Dad, I, you know, I'm I'm thinking I'm going to go to Honduras for a couple of years." Yeah, 
And I just looked at her, and she knew I was questioning, okay, where's this come from? Did you eat chili or something and have a feeling that you need to go? Or is this, you know, your friends going? I mean, what is this, Honduras? Yeah. Uh, you grew up in northern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Now Honduras. And she started to lay out how God had put this on her heart and, and why and how she really wanted to trust God. And, and really, I, I kind of remembered me talking to my dad growing up. You know, she grew up in a family that trusted God, but she trusted that I trusted God. Did she trust God? Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's the right road, dear. Yeah. As much as I don't understand the destination. Yeah. The road you're on is right. Mm-hmm. And I gave her my blessing. I said, go. I mean, right. yeah. And, you know, my wife gave her blessing. Neither of us could understand, why are you going to Honduras? I mean, why Honduras? Mm-hmm. There's other places. This is, a, at that time, it was the murder capital of the world. You know, I mean, you're going to Honduras. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know anybody. You don't know Spanish. This doesn't make sense. Right. The road, after she talked to me, okay, you know, we, we taught her all her life here at camp. You walk by faith. You do what's right. You help the needy. You help them. She was doing all those things. Mm-hmm. Okay, dear, go. Yeah. And that's what you need to understand. If you're going to train up a child in the way they go, you're not training them up as to where they go. They might go places that, you know, you may never understand why they're doing it. They might be one of those artists that I don't understand that take paint and just splash it all over something. <laughs> you know, I know. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. all you artists that just turned us off. Yep, but, yep, yep. you know, it's one of those things where if you were one of those artists who did that, I would encourage you to do that. Yeah. I would just walk away saying, don't sell me the painting because I can do that at home when I spill paint on my carpet. Yeah, Those are the things that you want to look at. There's, there's a time in everyone's life where they're, they're not yet an adult. They don't have the adult responsibilities. During that time period, I don't care when it is, you as a parent need to train them. Mm-hmm. That's your training period. Yeah. But you're training them in a way, in a lifestyle, for a road you're not training them as to you need to be doing what I do in life. Uh, my dad never, ever really put any pressure on me to do what he did. And I'm not a pastor, so he, if he did, it wouldn't have worked anyway because I didn't want to be a pastor. Yeah. I, he understood, I think, from the beginning, that's not you. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like committee meetings. You've got to love committee meetings if you're a pastor. <laughs> And I don't like them. Yeah, you know, my brother's a pastor, but I'm not. Yeah. And no one's ever put any. You have to do what your dad did. Mm-hmm. My dad loved working with kids. I like working with kids. Mm-hmm. I just didn't do it as a pastor. Yeah, just came up here to camp and do it. So you you do you train up a child in the way you can go. And to this day, I'm 65 years old. I still think it's a privilege to to work with people and tell them God loves them in a Northwood setting. I still think that. Mm -hmm. It hasn't gotten old. So it's one of those things. And that's what it says. Depart means to turn off. It Actually, the word depart means to turn off the road. Mm. So there's something that all of you can go through the Bible and you can look at 
and you can see this is a habit that needs to be in their life. It may not end up that they're a doctor, a lawyer, whatever. That is totally inconsequential. Don't think about that. There is something, though, that you look at and say, here's the road I want to train them on. So how do you do it? That's mm -hmm. the question. How do you train your three boys to be on the right road while avoiding the destination? Mm -hmm. you know, that's a question that you and your wife need to pray about and look at. Um, there are some things in there that I, I think we can spend some time on and then we, we might need to pick it up again. For example, um, there's, there's things within the passage here in Proverbs that, that allude to the idea of there's an order. So if you want to look what the road is, you want to teach people that there's a specific order in life. There's, there's, um, you need to be obedient to those who you're supposed to be obedient to and submissive in life to others. Yeah. Okay, well, how do you train that in a child? Mm -hmm. That's a road thing. Yeah. You know, obedience. How do you train obedience without, without just being, you do this because I'm bigger than you? Yeah, that takes time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever talked to your kids about why they obey authorities? And if you have, have you ever mentioned to them that it's because they are an authority, not it's because they're right? Mm -hmm. and, and if you've done that, have you talked to them about the idea of, okay, the only time you would disobey an authority is... If it goes against the scriptures, mm -hmm. other than that, you really need to obey authorities. Yeah. So it's not your feelings, not your emotions. So then what do you tell them to do with their feelings? Mm -hmm. And those are good discussions to have with kids. Yeah. You know, like if I, were, if I had kids your age and I know what I know now, I'd, I'd look for the time to say, hey, let's just talk about how the world is ordered. For example, there's, you know, who is the one that makes the laws? And I would make it simple. Who makes the laws? Why do we follow laws? And they may come up with a five-year-old answer. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. But why do we follow them? You know, uh, ultimately, what, what I want to tell them is there's people like, the easy one to understand, there's a president of the United States. And, and you know, he's kind of in charge of the government. And, and they make laws so that, you know, we have stop signs and very simplified, you know, if we didn't have stop signs, then I asked them, you know, what, what if we didn't have them, what would happen? Mm -hmm. How would people drive? Right. Let them discover that maybe some laws are okay. Because mm -hmm. you know, they hear a lot about the government being goofy. So, okay, stop lights, stop signs. Uh, you know, I, today I was going to a doctor appointment, I came back and, and there's three spots now on this road between me and there. <laughs> Where they're redoing the road. Yep, yep. Yeah, very inconvenient. I think, I, I don't know how many times in my life they've redone the road, but we'd redo it a lot. you think we'd get it right one of these days and do it so we don't have to keep doing it. Right. But if I had someone in the car, if I had a kid in the car, I'd be thinking, all right, why are they redoing the road? I would ask them a bunch of questions. Why? Who pays for that? Yeah. Do we like nice roads? Who said they should put this in? I didn't. Mm -hmm. See, uh, all I'm doing is showing them there's an order. Yeah. 
And in some things, whether you agree with those people or not, it doesn't actually matter. I mean, mm. everyone can hear the frustration in our voice talking about the road oh, construction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, how, how do you train them that there's an order that you don't have to control? Absolutely. Unfortunately, we'll have to pick that up next time. So I encourage you to head over to silbertranch.org and check out this podcast and others and continue to join us as we continue this conversation. But for now, this is Jason Dave. Take care. Bye-bye.